courtesy of Rad, it's time for another Fireside Chat, the official podcast of Flames fans. It's go time. I'm Dan alongside Matt, and as always, we're here to talk Flames hockey. And Matt, the Calgary Flames just finished their six-game homestand, tied for longest homestand of the year. Um, it was no right homestand, but I think we both would have expected a different result. Yeah. Uh, but on, on the whole, I think that they played okay. Like, it wasn't their best hockey, but they played adequately. Well, let's talk about the last three games of the homestand. On uh, December 5th, the Calgary Flames were in the Dome playing against the Minnesota Wild. And this was a game um, that was, I guess, the kind of the first of the goaltending controversy this week. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we move forward. Markstrom was out. He got hurt of practice. So Dan Vladar started for the Calgary Flames in this one. Unexpected that he was going to start. And Dan Vladar played a period and a bit before Dustin Wolf got called into service. Calgary Flames dropped this one 5-2. What were your thoughts here? Uh, this reminded me of, like, October hockey for the Flames, where uh, nobody could get a pass going, nobody could hit, nobody could play defense. Uh, it, just a complete disaster all over the ice. Yeah, I mean, you know, we changed goalies in this one. I don't think it was necessarily goalies fault. Oh, no. Um, it's one of those that you're, you're trying right. to get the team, team to wake sloppy. up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and, and I kind of, I at first I thought maybe these guys were a little bit rattled about Markstrom or whatever, and they would get to their game. And that's what we've seen so often, right, is they'll get to their game. Eventually, they'll get to that game. And they just didn't get to their game. And I don't think that Minnesota played an exceptional game. I mean, you know, Minnesota's had their own struggles this season. But the Calgary Flames just never really got things together. No, it was just a disorganized mess throughout the entire contest. And you know, it, it, credit to the Flames goaltenders. Like, it could have been a lot worse with how they were playing. Like, even though they lost 5-2, to two, like, it could have easily been, a, like, a 7 or an 8 goal laugher if uh, the goalies were playing poorly. For sure. Yeah, and I, I think that's... Uh... I think that's maybe the the high spot here, especially Dustin Wolf coming in in relief. You know, looked, I think, as good as he could in this one. Yep. So on December 7th, the Calgary Flames had the Carolina Hurricanes here in town. The Flames were down 2 nothing going into the third, managed to score three goals in the third period to rally back for a 3-2 win. I can't remember the last time we saw a third period that was that exciting for this team. Oh, I know. Um the first two periods looked like a continuation of the Minnesota game, frankly, where just sloppy and disorganized. I thought especially the first. It was a really poor first. I thought they started to come together a little bit in the second, but yeah, not as much as they needed to. Yeah, and then the third period, they actually like, oh, it's there's a hockey game on. Hey, how about that? <laughs> we should go do something. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And this was the Flames' sixth third-period comeback of the season, which... You can't keep doing that. Like, that's, you know, this many games into the season, that's a lot. Yeah, like, over a season, that's a lot. And They're 27 games in. That's that's a lot of... But how often, Matt, in the past we talked about this, where the team didn't get going till late, didn't get going till late. Like, this seems to be a, a long-standing Flames issue. Yeah, and it's good to see that this team does have that never-say-die attitude, and... You know, like they're down two goals against one of the better teams in the NHL, and yet we're able to find a way to manage to eke out the victory. And, you know, the past like seven or eight years, iterations of the Flames, like that would have been a 2 1 loss or a 3 1 loss. And if that, and, you know, like, but this team just keeps going. And, you know, when they're delivering the effort, it's one of those where because this team lacks a true star forward that can just like take over a game by himself, the coaching staff almost needs to figure out during the game who's actually playing well and then buff their minutes in the, the latter half of the game. And, and that's where we're seeing Huska do a lot in the third. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of the reason why like this team is having a lot of second period and third period comebacks is that uh, you know, like especially when certain players are clearly underperforming, their minutes get cut back entirely, and you know you're just running three lines or four defensemen, um, and just you know 
letting her rip and it, it eventually with that many players actually playing well it does wear down the other team and you know the results have been there it's just that uh the the flames need to find a way to get more people actually going right from the hop one thing I noticed in this one, like the Hurricanes have a, a great forecheck and the Hurricanes forecheck gave the Flames no time or space. And, you know, you were just saying how the Hurricanes are one of the top teams in the league. When we see the Flames play against a team like this, and yes, they managed to blow out the win, I think, you know, it shows there's still work to be done. Oh, yeah, for sure. And fast teams and teams that give a lot of effort are usually a real pain for this team. And, I'm grateful that they were able to overcome that in this contest, but they need to find ways of starting on time against teams like this and finding ways to start right from the opening puck drop with that enthusiastic forechecking that we see late in games. For sure. And going to the last game of the season of the week, sorry, uh, December 9th, the Calgary Flames had a 2 p.m. matinee game, one of these rare matinee games. Um, Matt, Matthew Coronado was recalled before this game. There's been some, I guess, flu-like symptoms from a couple guys in the team. He was put onto the Kadri line with Kadri and Zari in place of Pospisil. Wolf got the start again. Um, I thought that the Flames looked good in the first here and dictated the play, but they didn't play a full 60 minutes again. Yeah, uh, the first period was good. The last five minutes of the game was decent uh, when they Kadri narrowed it to within one uh but the team on the whole seemed a little off but with flu hitting the entire team it makes sense that uh, you know things like that it, you're not really expecting when you're having the flu to go in and outwork the other team and win like it it's hard the Flames snapped an eight-game streak of getting scored on first so maybe that's a good thing the Flames drew the opening Goal in this one, which, you know, is, I think, always a good way to set the pace. And like you said, even though a couple guys were out with the flu, there was reports that a lot of players were feeling under the weather here. So when you're feeling under the weather, you're not going to play the way you want to. And that was a note I'd made here. It just felt like the Flames couldn't sustain the level of effort they had in the first. Like, this is almost the exact opposite of what we've talked about, where, wow, they came out and played really well in the first instead of the end, and then let it fall apart after that. But if people aren't feeling well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's disappointing, but things like this hit every team throughout the, the course of a season. So it just our time for that kind of BS and just got to do what you got to do. So at this point, the Calgary Flames have played 27 games, which gives them 11 wins, 13 losses, three overtime losses for a total of 25 points. They're now tied with the Edmonton Oilers for fourth. Matt, I've enjoyed all season being able to uh, talk about how high we've been above the Oilers in points. You know, it's been one of the few things we've been good at is staying above the Oilers. But uh, now we're we're fifth. They're fourth in the wild card rank for the uh, for the Western Conference, and we're right behind them in the Pacific Division standings. Yep, and I think that games I hand. think that was inevitable. Like with McDavid being clearly hurt and nursing an injury for several weeks um that really hampered the oilers and since he's been himself it, not really surprising that they've gone on a lengthy run i'm not gonna make a pun about nursing considering there's a guy with that name on the team yeah well he, he's nursing a nine million dollar cap hit that's really hurting the team so that's true um so you know the flames kind of in the middle of the pack and we'll talk a little bit about that as well but before we get there just want to touch on matt coronado being recalled I think this was just a matter of time. I mean, he's obviously the best option if they want to bring in a guy from the Wranglers. He's played 14 AHL games, has eight goals, 10 assists for 18 total points. So he's better than a point per game. You and I had talked earlier in the season about Coronado just not looking good at the NHL level. And honestly, you know, after one game, I'm not sure if I have a read on him yet. But what did you think of him in that game? He was there. I don't think he had an exceptional game. I don't think he had a poor game. He just was there. And, uh, you know, it's one of those where I think he needs to find a comfort level at the NHL level. And if he can do that, then he'll start to gain success. But, you know, when he's, you know, on such a hot streak in the farm, 
and you need a recall, it made 1,000% sense that he would be the guy. Um, I don't think that he's ready for full-time duty. That was going to be my next question. Uh, But he, you know, I could see him staying up here for like another week or two. And then maybe going back down after that to go back in the A to continue his scoring ways. Yeah, and with the Flames going on a road trip, it's a lot harder to recall a guy when you're in Denver, uh, LA, uh, Las Vegas, or Minnesota. So I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's on the road trip with the Flames for those three games just to give him another body. Because it's easy to obviously grab them from Calgary. It's a lot harder to fly them to one of those places and have them ready. So I think he'll probably go on the road, but I think after... Markstrom comes off the IR and they sort of get the roster back in order. I think the best thing for Coronado is still to be spending time at the American League level. I agree. You know, and and even if he looked good, I would say, you know what, give him another shot. And I think he'll probably get a couple this week. But I think at this point, I mean, you've got guys like Zari who've pushed their way on the lineup. I think Coronado is best served this year, no matter unless he's really blowing you out of the water. If he's just there. Um, you know, put him in the American League. Yeah, like ideally what I'd like to see with him is getting the, another stint of, say like another three or four games here, getting sent down for maybe a month or two as trades happen and roster spots open up or injuries, whatever. Then, you know, like February, March, maybe look at recalling him again and maybe playing him down the stretch after the trade deadline. Um, and that you know, make sure that he's eligible for the playoffs in the A and let her rip. Yeah, and I think that's important, like you were saying, is playoffs in the American League, right? Like, I think, you know, we've talked about this. I don't know how deep the Flames are going to go. The Wranglers look really good. I think you need to make sure he's getting some playoff experience, and I think American League experience right now is going to be where he's going to get that. Yeah. So, Matt, I mean, 27 games in, we're just over that quarter mark and not quite at the halfway mark yet. The Flames are still right in the middle of the pack. I think you and I can both agree at this point, this is not what we expected from the team. Like, this is starting to feel, at least to me, like they're disappointing still. Oh, for sure. And, like, they did a lot of yeoman's work to get back into the conversation of the playoffs and briefly holding a spot in the playoffs, but... You know, like, right now, they're three points out of a playoff spot, and they're also three points out of being a top-five pick. And, it, you know, it's one of those where, like, with the departure of Zadorov, as good as Slovyov has been, you know, he's not as good of a defenseman as Zadorov is right now. And, you know, he's, like, currently a number-seven defenseman talent-wise with upside to be more, but it's just not there yet. And, you know, like, it's hard to be consistently playing and winning games against very good teams when your third defense pairing is basically two number sevens. That said, that, you know, like, if the Flames do continue to falter, you know, trades will happen and you'll see uh, the Flames, you know, quickly approach that top five pick. Like, I think they're only seven points out of being the worst team in the NHL and only five out of being the second worst team. So like, it's, you know, not very good. (laughs) Um, like despite all the good that they did in November and with Markstrom being out for probably a month, month and a half, like it's going to be hard for this team to, you think he's going to be out that long? Well, they did say uh, four to six weeks. So, okay, well let's come back to that. We'll talk about goalies in a little bit here. I think right now we have to reset our expectation of the season. Like you said, they're not really a playoff team, not really a bottom, you know, top pick team or even top 10 pick team at this point. Like, I I think at this point, we've talked a lot about this. We need to reset our expectations that this team just needs to, I think, audition young players. Yeah. And we're seeing more of that, uh, especially like with Zari being so well. Uh, Pospisil, Wolf, um, you know, and like with Wolf playing well in all of his appearances this year, um, that it really allows the idea of you can get away with moving either Markstrom or Vladar and being okay with that because of his play. Um, 
And it's just one of those things where, like, this team needs to be okay with just being okay. And, you know, like... I think they need to be okay with being okay, but I think at the same time, they need to... You don't want to be too okay. Like, I know that sounds weird, but yeah. I think a disappointment for the Flames would be if they barely squeak into the playoffs this year or barely, you know, don't even make the playoffs and they're outside the top 10, but have nothing to show for the season. Yeah. Like, realistically... This team needs to basically get like another Sean Monahan, Matthew Kachuk pick at six overall, or better. And like you know, and I think anywhere in the top ten would be okay. Yeah, but like ideal situation, getting a top top pick in this draft would help, um, because like frankly, this team needs the higher end talent, and you can only really get that through the draft, like a you know and. Unless, like, you spend $700 million like the Dodgers did to get Otiani. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that was, you know, special so this weekend. So, ju just a sidebar there. Do you think there will ever be a an NHL player, that will an NHL free agent that will captivate the sports world like that? Honestly, if you dropped Wayne Gretzky as, like, a 24-year-old right now heading into free agency... I don't think anybody like even if there was no cap like he he might get 25 million a year you know not not you know 70 like no and I think it just I think it shows the difference between the baseball market and the hockey market in you know especially the US yeah I might be one of the few Jays fans that was actually not overly disappointed that he didn't become a Jay just because I I watched Albert Pujols play for the Angels and like he was terrible, <laughs> in and he basically signed what at the time what Otiani's contract is and you know like it, it in five years like this is gonna be a bad contract for the Dodgers. Well, Matt, I'll tell you what. Let's not go too far down the MLB road. But if anyone wants to talk to you about this, we have our meetup coming up this week. They can chat with you on Thursday night about that. Oh, I know. Um. You know, and so, like, I think you're right. The Flames need to be okay with being okay. I don't want them to tank. We've had this discussion, but I no. think that, you know, I think that if they get the 15th pick and, you know, they've they've kind of cheated themselves. Yeah, it, it, it's hard because, well, frankly, this team, like, if you say delete Lind, Lindholm, uh, Hannafin, and Tanev, just the three UFAs, like this team will fall into the top five pick category just naturally because you know, the flames main and only strength this year has been their defense core. And like, if you gut half of it and replace it with, you know, like number sevens, like the, the team's not going to be good. Um, and you know, like it's one of those where, you're not wanting to intentionally tank, but you might end up appearing like you are anyway, just because that's how things shake out. Yeah, it, it could be. And, you know, when we're talking about deleting those guys, and something we didn't mention when we covered the New Jersey game, Igor Sharangovich got a goal against his former team, which is always a, an impressive feat when that happens. Um Igor Sharangovich started this season not looking great for the Flames. And I think, I don't know about you, I was kind of scratching my head wondering what the Flames had in this guy. I'm pleasantly surprised by the way his season is is coming together. And, you know, as much as we're, you know, we're talking about the young players needing a shot, I think even a guy like Sharangovich, who's 25, is one of those guys the Flames need to give some ice to and figure out what he's got. Right now in 27 games, Sharangovich has 13 points. That puts him on a projected uh, total or a projected, I guess, route of 39 points for the season, which that's that's going to be his best season to date. Yeah. And oh, no, I guess it won't. He got 46 in New Jersey. But yeah, well, realistically, like the he should be like a 40, 45 point player for this team. And, you know, he's showing more on the defensive side of things, I think, than he did early in the season. And even at times in New Jersey, he was kind of a little suspect defensively. But he's, I think, uh, learning from, of all people, Elias Lindholm has helped, and Michael Backlund has helped him to, especially on the penalty kill, uh, to improve on uh, those areas. And 
Like, if you get him within 15 feet of the net by himself, like, he's going to score. <laughs> like, his hands are just that Yeah, I mean, the Flames were playing him on the fourth line at the be- at the beginning of the season, and now he's worked his way up to line one. Yeah, and uh, I think that, like, he, like Toffoli, will be a top six forward for this team for the indefinite future. And it, it's looking like a really good trade for the Flames. Got to get younger yeah, and faster but again, you and know, if- cheaper, so... Yeah, cheaper for sure. I mean, they signed him to a two-year deal, $3.1 million this year and next year. But when we're talking about giving the young guys a, a shot, I mean, he's 25 years old, right? He can play all three forward positions. Like, those are the kind of guys, it's not just the call-ups from the farm, you know? It's not just the young, you know, call-ups in the spot. You need to see what you can develop internally. He's, Sharon Govich is the same age as Dylan Dubé, and while Dubé's been here forever, you know, they're on very different traje- trajectories, I think, at 25. So you've really got to figure out what you've got yeah. internally. Oh, I know. Like, uh, Dubé certainly is looking like a player that's not even going to get a qualifying offer at this point. Um, spending most of his time on the fourth line. Like, it's one of those things that, um, you know, like, the Flames, like, especially when they're making trades, they will be getting younger players in those trades and it'll be interesting to see exactly where where they can slot those players in the lineup. Like, I don't think they're going to go exclusively draft pick, nor, nor should they. And, like, realistically, they need to get, like, good, like, 23, 24, 25-year-old guys that can slot in the lineup and be, like, a middle six forward for this team or a second-pairing defenseman. I'm ready in the offseason to say I told you so to you, Matt. We'll wait till the offseason, but you've been high on Dubé and Manjapani. I've said since the beginning, I'm not quite sure what we've got there. And I think, you know, we're starting to realize maybe we don't have as much as we thought in those two. Yeah, well, it's one of those that you're wait- waiting for that next step, and you're waiting, and like Manjapani did take that next step two years ago and then quickly fell down the stairs again. Uh, so... It, it, it's one of those where the you know if we want to put this in in proper terms from Japani, the bread rose ever since then we've had flatbread yeah exactly um, um. <laughs> yeah no it, and it's one of those where things like the you know development is not a linear up the hill and you're done like it can waffle and fall back down and like this you know it, that's why it's important with this team especially for the next you know, couple of seasons, not to get overly fixated on any specific player until like they show that consistency. Like, say, like Connor Zari's tearing, you know, the NHL a new one since he's been up here. But when the NHL reacts to Connor Zari, how will he respond to uh, figuring out how he plays? And I think you're going to see this team, if they are going through a bit of a, a personnel change, is going to be a much more transient place for the next couple of years, especially with a new GM where these are not Conroy's guys. I don't know if there's going to be the same loyalty to some of them. So I think you'll probably see a lot of the guys like Dubé have been here, you know, as a serviceable middle of the pack guy, maybe, you know, moved on from just to get a new look. Yeah. Well, like, and realistically, like looking at um, the end of the season, you know, Manjapane, uh, his buyout is $2 million for next year and the year after. So you have to look at him. Is he worth $4 million as a player? Like, he's currently getting $6 million. And it's like, he's not bringing a $4 million player worth of abilities. And so it doesn't make more sense to go find a $4 million free agent and slot him into Manjapane's spot than keeping Majapane. And, you know, and I think that the Flames, like, over the next few months, like, if he can't elevate his game and show that he's actually worth his contract, they should take a look at um, retooling by shuffling deck chairs, like, even just reinvesting that contract into, you know, even, like, if it's another Blake Coleman clone, you know, that'll bring more than what he has. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. And let's let's revisit that at the end of the season and see, you know, I think a lot can happen between now and then as well. Yeah. Before we get to talking about the goalies, which I think is our main event this week, just wanted to note uh, Sam Samuel Hunzig, the Calgary Flames uh, draft pick. He was there 
Uh, first overall pick in 2023, so this last draft at number 16. He's been injured. He actually got injured on uh, October 4th in the preseason way back in Edmonton. Due to his injury, he's been around the Flames medical staff as they've overseen his recovery while getting top-notch cares good. It means that he hasn't been with the uh, with the Vancouver Giants, his junior team, but he's finally back. He's been named captain of that team, the first uh, European captain in history. He's been on the ice for five games, he's already got eight points, which puts him on track for a 69-point season if he keeps that up. Last year he got 56 points, so he could do even better after an injury. But always good to see, you know, as we're thinking about young players and guys that will be in the system. Hanzig's still a few years away, I think. There's no reason to rush him, but I was kind of worried with him being out this long, how he was going to look when he came back. And it's good to see that he's not going to miss a ton of development time. And it looks like he hasn't lost a step. Yeah. And realistically like him learning how to play center will be huge for this team because if he can actually stick at center in the NHL, you know, like you literally have a six foot four highly skilled forward, like that, you know, like you basically replace what Sean Monahan was during the Gaudreau years. Yeah, he's been playing left wing. I think they are trying him now at uh, at center this year. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, and if it and doesn't, Hunzig's also been named to Slovakia's World Junior squad. So you know, you always see guys like that when they play in the World Juniors. Sometimes you can see great players that look bad. Sometimes you see bad players that look good. But I think it'll be a, another look at him at another level of hockey, which is always good for a top prospect. Yep, and just hopefully quits himself rather well, and you know has a good rest of his season and stays healthy for the rest of it. So let's, let's get to our main event. I feel like I need Michael buffer on the show. Um, Jacob Markstrom out week to week. They're calling it with a hand injury. He's been placed on the IR, which means the earliest he could come back is Monday. We've now, we've now seen Dan Vladar and, and uh, Dustin Wolf tending net for the flames. Wolf called up technically as an emergency recall is how they're how he's being brought up here because of the injury. Um, this week with three games, we saw Wolf in all three. He got two starts over Vladar. Matt, this is probably the best look we've had at Wolf at the NHL level. And I don't know about you, but I would say, yes, we know we can do this now. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, honestly, of the three goalies that have played this year, I feel most comfortable with Wolf in net uh, than Marks from then Vladar. And the one thing that I've actually been quite impressed with all three of them this year is that I haven't been lamenting when any of them is in net. They've all done a fantastic job. They have. And, you know, I think the big difference is Dan Vladar's done a good job, but he tends to let in... I don't want to say goal. Yeah, I guess maybe goals at key times. Goals he shouldn't be letting in at key times is the best way to say it. And I think that's the one thing that's going to keep him from getting a starter role maybe this year, or he needs to work with the goalie staff on that. Wolf has looked, I'd say, like the better goalie for 60 minutes and looked more composed. And, you know, with, with Dan Villar, often you'll see that when he gets scored on, he looks a little bit shaky for a bit. Wolf looks like he's, you know, ready to go for that whole game. We've yet to see him, I don't think, looking like he's not, he shouldn't be there or he's been phased or anything like that. Yeah. And, like, you look at the Carolina start, like, he, he got down to nothing rather early on two really excellent deflections. And, you know, a lot of goalies would have been, you know, a little shell-shocked by that, especially being, like, their third NHL start. Uh, yet, like, he made save after save after save after save and kept the Flames in it through the first 40 minutes until the rest of the team are like, hey, we can play. And, <laughs> you know, and, like, there were so many key saves at key times for Wolf in that contest that, yeah, he earned the two points in that one. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare you see a guy called up from the farm, you know, let's say in a three-game week, and start twice, much less appear in all three games. I think it shows just how much confidence the Flames have there. And if I'm Dan Vladar at this point, I've got to be worried for my job. Like, I was firmly the number two, and I think Dustin Wolf is easily starting to show us, you know, when Markstrom comes back, this team's going to have a tough decision to make. Well, and realistically, like when Markstrom, like I think what you'll see is that Markstrom will come back, Wolf will get sent down to the farm, and then Conroy gets on the phone with 
whomever needs a goaltender, cough, LA cough, and, you know, <laughs> uh, figures out a deal working with, or the Oilers, you know, just give us all. Let's, let's not trade with Edmonton. Just give us all your draft picks and, you know, we'll call it a day. Uh, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, all of them this year or all the ones that are tradable, which is the next three years? Yes. <laughs> just. All of them. You're not going to do it. We'll write you're, an IOU you're Edmi- for you're Edmonton. You're not going to do anything with them anyway. So here, that's help right. Us and out. then we'll write an IOU for future considerations. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, but again, I mean, Vladar. You know, I think he's, and not by his own fault, but I think because Wolf is looking good. And while we were all excited about Wolf, I'll be honest, Matt, I didn't know how he was going to translate to the NHL. There were times in the preseason playing against NHL players, I thought he struggled and. There's been so many times that we've seen guys look great in the American League and not quite make the jump to the NHL. You know, they just, they seem a step behind. And Wolf is an exceptional goalie. I mean, his last four seasons, he's been goalie of the year, you know, twice in the WHL, twice in the AHL. Um, It's good to know that he can do this. But I think if you're Dan Vladar, you're, like you said, your days are numbered. They will send Wolf back to the AHL because contracts he, basically he can he can be sent down right like yeah. there's there's no waivers for him i said double check that but yeah there's no waivers until next year um so he's he can be sent down with no ramifications but i i would be very surprised at this point if dan vladar was still a flame after the trade deadline because now we know that wolf can do yeah. it actually i'm leaning the opposite way where i'd be more shocked if uh Vladar wasn't a flame and Markstrom wasn't traded uh, just because, you know, um, teams that are looking for goaltending help tend to want a good NHL goaltender. And, you know, Markstrom at least has a reputation for being a well above average starter uh, for most of his, you know, later career from Vancouver on. Uh, So... You know, he's- yeah, the only reason I'm not sure if that would happen, I think there's enough starters on non-playoff teams that if you just want to get by this year, you could probably get one cheaper. Yeah, well, and that's where I'm leaning like towards like L.A. specifically just because of the fact that, like, well, their goaltending tandem is literally Cam Talbot and uh, David Riddick. So it's like, um, yeah. So give him a third former Flames goalie. Exactly. You know, complete the collection, you know. Got to catch them all. <laughs> where's uh, Where's Kerry Rama when you need him or any of those guys? But he might be the yeah, goalie no, coach. <laughs> that's right. Sigler could go over there. What about the e bug? Uh, we could send him over there from a couple games ago. Yep. <laughs> but you know, I, I know where you're going. I I just don't know that that much money and like we don't see a lot of long term deals move the deadline. I think if you're gonna see Markstrom moved, it'd probably be an off season move. Yeah, and I could see that too. It, it's just that. Um, it depends on exactly where, uh, like, what the Flames feel that Vladar is, and that if they think that keeping him uh, has more value to them than like what they would hypothetically get in return, versus like what they could get in return for Markstrom, because it, it's seemingly clear to I think everybody that Wolf's the guy. Period. Like next year and beyond, um, that like he's going to be primarily the starter moving forward. So it, it's one of those where, uh, you know, making sure that you're maximizing the value, both in terms of cap space and the return on the player himself as well. Yeah, I think, you know, and as much as you're saying, and I don't necessarily inherently disagree that Wolf's a starter, I don't want to throw Wolf into so, necessarily 60 games the NHL level. Yeah. I'm not sure he's ready for that. It's sort of like our discussion about um, Coronado earlier, right? He needs some AHL time. Like, I think if you're going to move Markstrom, you have to be comfortable enough with Dan Vladar playing the majority of the games next year and Wolf still being your backup and slowly yeah. work his way oh, yeah. in there. And I agree. Uh, it's one of those where... Well, frankly, you know, if it made sense, you might even trade both of them off and then sign a veteran guy on a one year uh, to be like the one B, like sort of like a Mark Andre Fleury type, you know, just a veteran guy that's decent just to be there. So that was going to be my next question for you: is what What do you think would be the likelihood that both Vladar and 
Markstrom are not Calgary Flames at the start of next season. I, I would not be surprised, frankly, uh, just because, you know, uh, like if you're going into a, like a full rebuild, you know, you might as well, like, you know that Ladar is not going to be your long-term starter. You know Markstrom's not going to be your long-term starter, so why not maximize the value for both of those assets? Because they are very good quality backup and starter. And then, you know, just piecemeal it uh, for next year with, you know, insert name of veteran decent backup here, whether it's a guy like Antti Ranta or Peter Mrazek or, you know, who cares? Like, you know insert any name and of that ilk of player and have them basically playing 50 50 with wolf until you know wolf gets enough time in the yeah, NHL. I just, see and i and i don't disagree with your logic but i just don't think the flames are necessarily going into a full rebuild and that's where i'm i'm not sure what you end up doing there i think you have to target to move one of them let's say whichever one you think like you said it could be their one i think it'll probably end up being vladar um and I, I would be very surprised unless they do announce their gut in this thing. That, and if they do, there's going to be a lot of other dominoes to fall. But unless that happens, I'd be very surprised if one of them isn't here. Yeah. And I think, like, reality is hitting this team where, you know, like the Flames, even though that really great run in November, like they're still, you know, in close proximity to the bottom five. You know, and if they trade off the three UFAs, like they're going to be there. Uh, so... You know, it's kind of one of those that sometimes just, you know, being awake <laughs> forces your hand and, you know, like it. Yep. And, you know, I'm just looking here. I thought Markstrom had longer on his deal than he does. He has this year and two more years. So it's not a, a huge deal. I mean, that's six million for two more years after this. If he comes back from his injury and I don't think anyone's going to trade for him until they see what happens after his injury. Um, but if he's still in top form. Yeah, maybe there is a team now that you're mentioning it that might say, you know what, let's let's take what we know versus trying to gamble in free agency. Well, and that's where, like, I was uh, mentioning LA specifically because, like, they they certainly are on the rise as a team. Uh, they're like one of the top five or six teams in the NHL, and their goaltending is putrid. So, you know, like for them, like they could certainly get by with having Markstrom as their starter. Because he's at least a reliable top 10 goaltender when he's playing in front of an actual high-quality team. And, you know, it's one of those where, you know, for them it would make a lot more sense because, like, a top-tier goaltender doesn't really come available too often. Yeah. And, you know, like... And if the Flames are going into a rebuild, he's going to want out. Like, he's not going to want to stay through that. No. Because, like, realistically, I think he's, like, 32 right now. 33. 33. And, you know, like, he's not going to want to stay until he's 35. And then, you know, he, then he will be the backup to whomever. Well, and I think that was probably originally the thought is, you know what, if he's good, he'd be a great mentor for Wolf, which I think you do need a veteran guy for Wolf. You can't go, like, Wolf-Dansk or something into your NHL combo. Um, no, but, but, like, say, like, in the hypothetical trade uh, with L.A., like you could just get Cam Talbot back as the goaltender, and that would be perfectly okay. You could get Talbot and Riddick for that price. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, nobody's you, touching you, him on waivers. Send one of them down to to take Wolf's spot. Yeah, you thought you could get away from us. No, no, you can't. <laughs> and now that you not get away, now we're going to send you to the American League as punishment. Yeah, which is still here. <laughs> you, you you go sit with Jack Campbell and think about what you've done now. <laughs> Um, or, you know, just send him to Stockton to make him sit in an empty building. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why are there gunshots um, in the distance? <laughs> <laughs> those are fireworks. Shut up. <laughs> Nothing to see um, here. <laughs> you know, and I think there's a few teams that if Markstrom came available, especially with the cap going up a little bit next year, might, you're right, might be willing to take a, a shot on him. But I think the, yeah, I think one of him or Vladar is going to go. I think Wolf is definitely showing he's an NHL goalie, but I I have to caution fans that I think we need to bring Wolf along slowly. I don't think he's ready to just go in and play 50 games next year and say, "Okay, he's a, you know, he's your NHL starter." I think this is a guy we want to take our time with. Well, and we've seen a 
perfect example of this with Nashville having Pekka Rene play out his career and having UC Sorrow splitting like Rene's final season 50-50 with Rene and then uh, Soros taking over the starting duties after that and becoming one of the elite goaltenders in the NHL. And I think you'll see a similar trajectory regardless. Of, it'll be Wolf and veteran goaltender. Yeah. Insert name here, whether it's Markstrom or, you know, whomever. If they're not going to do a full rebuild, I think it'll probably be Vladar. Like, I, you know, I think if they or let's say if they do. Sorry, I said the other way. If they do do a full rebuild, I think it'll be Ladar because why not? He's good enough. He's cheap enough. If they think they can run for it again or, you know, make something work. I, and you still don't know what you have in Ladar, I think. But if they think they can run for it, I think they'll bring in a veteran just to give them some stability. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it's so hard with this team because. Like the young guys, like you know, like Matthew Coronado, Connor Zari, uh, Jacob Peltier, like they're all playing well um, heading into this year, and like Zari's really playing well at the NHL level. But the other two guys, like you don't know, like if they're legit top six forwards or middle six forwards or you know bottom end guys yet because they haven't had the opportunity so like this whole team organizationally is kind of in that not really sure what any of these people are long term yet and it's hard to adapt on the fly for like so i'm just looking at the goaltenders that will be available this summer's free agents we have capo kakinen who 27 i mean that might be a guy worth taking a flyer on if you want to bring in someone with you know a younger goalie still uh, Jeremy Swayman, who I think is 25, will get re-signed to yeah. Boston. Mark Andre Fleury's 39. It could be an interesting guy to go for it. You know, he's making 3.5 now, and go Flurry Wolf could be an interesting pair. Yeah. Um, Chris Dreger, who's played in the American League this year, I think will probably find a home. Ilya Samsonov out of Toronto will probably find a home. I think Toronto's another team that really needs a goalie. And if not LA, I could see Toronto trading for a goalie, but I think that they'll have to bring Samsonov back if they don't find anybody. Yeah. Uh, Peter Mrazek out of Chicago. I think Mrazek's, he's 32. I could see him signing a short-term deal. And again, I could see him maybe landing here as a one you know, year, a veteran guy. Yeah, one-year deal type thing. Yeah. Carter Hart is 25. He's going to get a big payday. Yeah. And then Matt Murray is 30, and uh, I think he's seen his better days. Yeah. And speaking of trades, like that could be a trade that works for Toronto, like Samsonoff and um, Murray for Markstrom. It just. Uh, yeah, I don't think the Flames want to take on two goalies right now, especially Murray at $6 million, But I could see maybe, you know, taking on Samsonoff and something for Markstrom. Yeah. Well, it would be a like way to get something for uh, like a, you'd probably have get like a pick as well, but just a way to make the numbers yeah. work. And especially wise. with uh, with Wool out, out of action right now, I can see them. I can see Toronto being a, a trade destination. Yeah, I mean, you know, their GM's very familiar with this goaltender. You never. He's know. the guy that brought him to Calgary, right? Yeah, you never know. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I could see that being a destination. I think if you're going to do that, though, you would need to have some Sonov signed before he comes here. Yeah. You're not going to trade for another UFA goalie. At that point, just keep the one you've got. Yeah, exactly. Right? Why help somebody else out? Just keep what you've got. So I guess going forward, I mean, you know, we don't know how long Marshall will be out. He's listed week to week. It could be as early as Monday. It could be long term. The fact that they've... Well, they put him on the IR for some cap reasons, but the fact that he's listed week to week, I think it'll be a couple weeks here. Um, and, you know, if I'm the Flames, I'm probably not rushing him back like I might have wanted to two, three weeks ago. I honestly think this is a bit of a blessing in disguise, Matt, because I think it really lets the Flames evaluate what they have in their other two guys. Yeah. No, and we were basically kind of foreshadowing this situation uh, during our uh you know, season predictions thread. Uh, we were. And, you know, talking about Wolf getting 10, 15 games this year. And it's exactly this kind of a situation where one of the goalies gets hurt and it allows the team to give a proper audition for him moving forward. 
Yeah, so I think in some ways it, it becomes a blessing in disguise. And also, I mean, we're not thinking about this. Also for the Wranglers, let's them really see what they have in Oscar Dansk, who's been their backup, because, you know, he's now getting starter minutes down there. And I I don't think that Oscar Dansk is an NHL goalie again. Like, he played some NHL time on, you know, for Vegas, where, um, you know, they didn't have a lot of options. But I think it really lets the Flames see what they've gotten in that player as well. Yeah. You know, it, it it gives everybody another look at a different position, which, you know, you need. And Dansk, surprisingly, has looked pretty good in the American League. Yeah. Um, even, even this year, he's played, what, 10 games, I think? Yeah, even when, like, he was first drafted by Columbus, like, 10 years ago. Like, I always thought of him as a fairly decent goaltender. You know, he just never could quite crack the NHL, but... You know, just a very serviceable organizational goaltender. And, you know, he's really turned it up. And we see every once in a while a goaltender figures it out when they're 28, 29, 30, like Tim Thomas uh, yep. and like a handful of other guys. Uh, Peter Budai was great for a few years, you know. And, you know, he might work his way into the NHL too. And you never know because you know strange things happen every once in a while but um you know with his play he's been rather exemplary down on the farm and and i mean if wolf gets recalled they need a goaltender there next year i don't think there's anybody that you know is in the system that's going to come in and be your ahl starters so that might even be more of a reason to keep dance gone for another year oh yeah i would definitely lo- love to have him back like it, he's played you know, really Daniel well Chechelev, i don't think steps into that role no and like um the Flames, like, they just need to, like, the Russian goalies that they have, like, they just need to, you know, be patient with them as they, you know, work their way up the organization, too. But, um, having. Yeah, because the, the goalies in the system are Oscar Dansk, um, Igor Irangovic, Arseny Sergeyev, and Daniel Chechelev, who I think is still, yeah, his rights are still owned by the Flames. Yeah, Igor Igorov, not. That's not right, sure. Igor Igorov. Yeah. Um, I, you're right. So, yeah, you know, none of those guys are really ready to come up yet. You know, Sergeyev is still in the NCAA. Like, you know, they're not going to come and take that spot. So I think, you know, it shows Oscar Dansk's ability and if he can yeah. hold an AHL starter job. And Chechelev, it looks like, has gone back to Europe, too. He was playing in Rapid City for most of last year. Yeah, makes sense. So I... I think that says something as well. I think when that player leaves the North American system, you're not likely to get him back. Yeah. Unless something weird happens, but yeah. Yeah. But you can't like recall him mid season, right? I mean, you kind of have to guarantee him if he's coming back at that point that, yeah, you're coming back for a whole season to back up, you know, Oscar Dansk. I don't know if I'd be taking that deal. Yeah. And realistically, like last year, he did not play well in the ECHL either. So, I think he played 42 games down with the uh, with the Rapid City Rush of the ECHL. Only two at the AHL level. His numbers: he was 3.5 goals against average and only an 8.94 save percentage. Yeah, which to he be was 18, fair, in that, and three yeah, to be fair in that league, he was 18-16 and three, so respectable numbers despite you know on the surface looking like oh, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. No, it's but you know I don't know that those numbers translate to AHL starter on a competitive team. It's interesting. I'm just looking here as we're mentioning it. I'm checking quickly the Rapid City Rush roster. The Flames do not have anybody assigned down there this year. Yeah, which is I, I guess kind of interesting to me that they've got that affiliation and not using it. But I think it shows that you know what they're using the the Wranglers team well for their affiliations. Yep. And they have had to call up a goalie from there to back up Dansk for the next week. So they're using the affiliate, just not sending guys down there. Yeah, which, you know, uh, well, and this is part of why, like I've mentioned for many years, like needing to add goalies every year uh, just because, you know, situations like this where, like, one guy disappoints, goes back to Europe, you have another guy in the NCAA and then another guy in Russia, it's like... um, 
you know, <laughs> you quickly are like, okay, well, uh, who do we put as the AHL backup? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're available, right? Oh, yeah. You can always find an AHL backup out oh, there yeah. for a reasonable price. Yeah, that that's not really the concern, but it's just like organizational depth. You always want to have like the next group coming up, and like especially like with Wolf on the verge of graduating, like that opens up another spot for somebody else to come in and try to take a, another spot. So looking at the two goalies, um, as we've seen them, Vladar and Wolf this week, if you're the coaching staff, would you be sort of naming one of these guys a starter? Would you be playing them 50-50? How would you be moving forward until Markstrom comes back? Uh, go with the hot hand, basically. And I think that uh, Vladar probably gets the next start just because um, of the loss against um, the Devils. And not that it was Wolf's fault, but I think, you you win and you stay in until you lose and i think uh swap it up at that point and let vladar have a game or two and just keep flipping back and forth until markstrom gets back yeah i would and you know the coach has not been the coach has not been happy with the team last couple games you can tell by his post game comments i don't even know if i'd go until you lose i'd say you know go until you don't look good yeah well in that case wolf plays the next one (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, well, let's talk about this. Let's go ahead with our predictions then if we're talking about that. Last week, you and I didn't do great. You thought the Flames would win against Minnesota and New Jersey, lose to Carolina. They lost to Minnesota and New Jersey and won Carolina, um, and I thought we'd win all three. So neither of us quite got where we needed to be last week. Nope. You were pretty much the exact opposite. Yep. <laughs> this week on the docket, we have four games. There's a back-to-back. There's a Monday game, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time in uh, Ball Arena. I'm trying to remember what it's called now. Ball Arena in Denver as the Flames take on the Avalanche. Then the next night, they're in Vegas, an 8 p.m. Calgary start time. And then on Thursday, they will be in Minnesota taking on the Minnesota Wild. That's the night of our meetup that we have coming up. This will be the last time we will remind you guys about this because the last time we'll talk to you before then. Uh, th- Thursday night at Bow River Brewing, we're hosting a bit of a meetup. It's not a live show, but a chance for you to come meet Matt and I. We're going to hang out. We're going to watch the Minnesota Wild game with you guys. We will talk hockey. We'll hang out. We'll have some great beer and pizza because they are going to be giving us some great deals over there, friends of Bow River. $1 off any beer, which means a 16-ounce pint is only 6 bucks, Matt. That's pretty good. Yep. And, a, and a personal pizza is $13, regularly 17 So we hope everyone can come out, hang out, enjoy. I'm looking forward to meeting people. Matt's looking forward to meeting people. Um, if you want more information, you'll see a link in the show notes. If you're reading the show notes on your podcast player, or you can go to firesidechat.ca and you can see Bow River Brewing meet up in the, in the main navigation or go to firesidechat.ca slash meetup 2023. If you follow us on Facebook, there's also a, uh, event there. So we're hoping people can come out on Thursday, hang out. I think that's going to be an interesting game now, especially with where the flames are at and having Minnesota last week and sort of that revenge after the loss. I'm more excited about that game as in terms of a hockey game than I was a week ago. I agree. And especially with how much Minnesota thoroughly dominated that game. Uh, I'm sure that the Flames have that one circled on their schedule for retribution. Exactly. So the game starts at 6 p.m. Matt and I will be there just before 6 p.m., so feel free to come on down before 6, grab your pizza or order your pizza, grab a beer, and uh, we'll be there from 6 until the game's over. And we hope to meet people. We hope to hang out, bring your Flames fan friends, let people know. We'd love to pack the room and uh, show our, our friends at Bow River Brewing the amazing community that we have here at Fireside Chat. And I know there's a lot of you that interact with each other on social media who've become friends through the podcast we've heard on Twitter, stuff like that. Come meet these people in real life. Matt, there's actually people that listen to us, believe it or not. I know. They're real people. Um, so we, we want to meet them all. We want to say hi to you guys, take some pictures, and uh, wish you uh, happy holidays as well at that time. So those are the first three games of the week. And then the last game is a home game. The Flames come back home. On Saturday, an 8 p.m. start time against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, Matt, four games in the docket. What are you thinking? Uh, this is a very, very tough week for the Flames. Like, it is. Colorado. This feels like it could be their worst week so far, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it, honestly, I think it, it'll be a win if they go two and two. Um, so that's what I'll go with. I'll I'll say that they beat Colorado and Minnesota and lose to the other two. So. 
You think so you think they're going to win the first game of the week and the middle game and then lose to Vegas and Tampa? Yeah. I'll go with that just because, you know, that's the optimistic side is 2 and 2. The pessimistic side's like and 0 oh and 4. But uh, you know, we're we'll be having a very different conversation next week if it is 0 oh and 4. <laughs> You know what? If it's 0-4 and, and we're getting to that point, I hope that everybody who comes to the meetup lets us know how wrong we were. Yes. Um, it will only be three games in at that point. But, yeah, I don't know. This is one I've been tossing around for the last couple of days of how I think they're going to do. This back-to-back is going to be rough. Having Denver and then Vegas and just the travel between those two, the altitude differences, that sort of thing is going to be tough. But Colorado, Vegas, I think they'll win one. We sort of have the Honda Center curse right now in Vegas where we can't win in Vegas. Yeah. So I'm going to say that they will win in Colorado. And I'm going to say I think that's it, sadly. Yeah. So I think they'll lose to Minnesota. I think they'll lose to Vegas. And I think they'll lose to Tampa Bay. Like, we were seeing a very different team at the beginning of the month after the, you know, their October had a bad start, but I feel like they're slipping back into old habits. I feel like they're slipping back into what we saw at the beginning of the year. I don't feel like they've actually turned a corner. And I think this is going to be the week that's probably going to prove that. Yeah. And we'll see. Um, but yeah, it, how would you say, I think that this team was riding a very good hot streak to get back into the conversation and, you know, now regressing back to where they realistically should be, which, you know, uh, honestly, looking at this roster, like this is a team that looks like a top five pick. Yeah, I don't know if it's where they should be or where they deserve to be. Yeah, so we'll see. And hopefully, like, they continue to play well. Like, how would you say, like, if they're playing well and they lose, like, I never mind that that kind of game. So we'll see. Um, just... Good play is going to get you wins when it matters. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we've seen them lose, lose games when they played well. And we've seen them win games when they play lousy, right? As long as you're playing the way you need to play, the wins will come. But this past week, they weren't playing the way they needed to play. No. And so, yeah, things piled up really quickly. <laughs> Yeah, and you know if they're already sick and they're now going on the road, I I don't know about you, but when I'm on the road and I'm sick, I always feel like it magnifies. Like I just I think that they might be coming into a bit of a rotten week here. Yeah. Where do you play each goalie? Um, I think you split uh, Vladar and Wolf in the first two. Um, you have to. I, I would assume you go Vladar first Colorado and then Wolf first Vegas. Um, just to, you know, because Wolf played two in a row, give Vladar a start and then Wolf a start. And then whichever of those two plays good, uh, give them the leash to go on for the Minnesota. rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Minnesota game determines the Tampa Bay game. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Well, you and I are deferring on this Minnesota game, so when we see everybody on Thursday, whoever shows up, one of us can be mocked and the other can be celebrated for our knowledge of what's going to happen this week. Uh, which one of us is going to bring the Karnak hat? <laughs> we'll have a dunce cap in the corner, maybe. We'll, okay. We'll let everyone find out when they get there. <laughs> maybe one of us will broadcast next week with the dunce cap on when nobody can see us. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. We hope this is going to be a good Flames week. And, you know, Matt, I think this week is really going to show us if this team has turned the corner or not. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those where either way, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, it'll give a clearer idea of what this team's going to be doing. Uh, because, like, there have been talks that, you know, like the Flames are trying to fill Zadorov's spot. Uh, with other people and 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 but you know like it, it that makes zero sense if the flames fall back whereas if they're still competitive like after this week then you know it's still worth talking about and i think you know on that note too i think if you do want to move dan vladar this is a great week to showcase him and show other gms what he can be exactly the NHL roster freeze, I just looked it up, is December 19th for Christmas. So teams uh, cannot make trades from 11.59 p.m. on the 19th until 12.01 a.m. on the 28th. 
So if they're going to get some done or somebody else wants to do some Christmas shopping, I think this week is going to let them know, you know, what the flames are. And I don't think you get anything done before Christmas, but I think, it, you know, it's a good time to showcase the assets you want to move. Yeah, and certainly sets everything up for January for this team where, you know, like if the Flames, say, are on the losing end of things between now and the end of the, the year, um, then you can start to look at, like, finalizing trades for, you know, X, Y, and Z to, to you know, start kicking off the retool process properly. We'll see what happens this week. Matt, I will see you on Thursday. Yep. I hope we'll see a bunch of people on Thursday. And uh, we look forward to maybe almost like a mini show then and talking some hockey midweek. Oh, and I only normally have to talk to you once a week, too. It's just, you know, like that's not in my contract. I, I checked your contract, Matt. It's not in there that you only got to talk to me once a week. Ah, uh, boo. <laughs> Fine. As always, go Flames, go. If it's really bad, I'll get someone else to do the show next week. <laughs> Fireside Chat is hosted by Dan Stevenson, co-hosted by Matt DeBorg. This episode produced and edited by Peter Marino. Fireside Chat is licensed under Creative Commons license. For full license details, visit firesidechat.ca.